Let's talk AI. We know artificial intelligence is moving forward in leaps and bounds, making a lot of people quite nervous for the future. Big US tech companies are in a race to develop and train AI, but did you know there are also AI innovations happening right here in New Zealand? M. Ray Denise is the CEO and founder of Guild, which is an agency championing video game developers, but it's branched out into building AI, and M. Ray has found some time in his busy schedule to talk to us today. Hello there. Hi, how you doing? Good, and thank you so much for your time today. This will surprise a lot of people. It feels like a big Silicon Valley thing. How did AI get started here in New Zealand? Well, I mean, I moved over from Australia, um, where I previously worked uh, also in software companies um, that was employing AI and analytics uh, in you know, simulations, enterprise, um, and some defense work as well. Um, and obviously with COVID, remote work has made it incredibly uh, flexible for people to collaborate and work together. So we have um, people in Australia and people in Europe. Um, and yeah, so, you know, there's uh, already a pretty good community of AI development in New Zealand. Um, and I'm happy to be one of the people to join that as well. People will probably be familiar with ChatGPT now, even if they haven't had a go themselves. It sort of um, broke end of last year and... Um, well, it's hard to imagine anything that's created quite as much excitement in the tech world and, and fear. How does the AI you have built relate to ChatGPT? Or for someone who only knows about ChatGPT, can you explain to us what you're working on? Yeah, um, so I think that's a really good uh, topic because a lot of the mainstream public is looking at AI from the perspective of ChatGPT. But, um, you know, AI has existed uh, for such a long amount of time, um, where its most primitive kind of inceptions were helping us defeat the Nazis. And it's helped us detect cancer and black holes. Um, it's helped us optimize and uh, automate huge kind of production and manufacturing pipelines. But now it's hit mainstream. Um, and I think that this, con- this is kind of uh, a tip of the bell curve where now everyone knows about it. Um, and hopefully there's going to be, you know, this mass adoption, kind of like a calculator, or I think for, you know, people in their offices, um, you know, using Excel or using something that is seemingly very much a part of your life um, and going back to manual processes would seem um, mm. impossible at this stage. Uh, but the, the way that we employ it is is about decision support. So we believe very strongly, and this is a part of, you know, responsible AI development, where it's not to replace people, but it's to augment and support the work that they do. So it's about saying, let AI imitate the high volume work that you do, um, the the work that can be automated, or at least allow it to do all the number crunching and help you make better decisions. Um, Because AI shouldn't be impacting people in a way that means that they're out of a job or they're harmed or um, they lose trust in their surroundings or their profile. Uh, So yeah, the work that we do with, with Decision support in the video game sector is essentially helping people make better video games. Um, but we are now branching off into other industries as well, where it's always about augmenting the work that people do so that they can do their work better. Can you tell us a bit about your your products? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, a lot of, you know, the, the one thing that we are currently working on um, is about enabling game developers to essentially um, ingest their game pitch uh, or their proposal, their project, and for the system to do all the number crunching, um, pull data from different sources online, 
and essentially say, okay, um, this is how how many games are very similar to yours. This is the best that um, th how the best have performed. Uh, this is what people have said about them. These are the features that have worked. And in the back end, we're training a lot of these models to be very domain specific. So it's about you know doing a lot of research and a lot of data sciences to help these models understand what makes a good video game or what does this term or definition mean. Um, and branching out into other industries. There is one um, that we're working on, which is about intelligent content briefs for, for journalists. So instead of like a SEO or a keyword um, engine telling you, hey, you know, write this thing or say this thing a lot, we want to help people understand why. So for you to be able to ask that tool or ask that platform and say, why should I use this word? Why, why are people talking about it? Why is this important? And the conversations that we've had with um, especially the, the, the journalism kind of domain has been that that is a whole different paradigm where it's less about fear of content being generated on their behalf, but more about helping people uh, learn and understand their audience and, and understand, you know, these tools that previously were just telling them, you know, write this, say this, um, this is what the data is and leaving it up to them to interpret or just do what the tool is saying. And I think people listening will probably be more familiar with journalism than they will on video game development. So can you linger on that one for a, for a moment and just explain how that might work practically? Yeah, of course. Um, so, I, you know, uh, I don't know how it's done in um, RNZ, but in some, because uh, we are working uh, with a Australian um, agency or like channel at the moment, and normally journalists will receive um, a brief or uh, a content brief, and that should have some sort of information around um, how to optimize it for, you know, reach, engagement, how to talk to people, how right. to get it shared. Um, and the, the whole thing is that a lot of this is very static. So it comes to your desk or, you know, the, the writer's desk, and they get um, a little bit of information about, say this, use this word. Um, if you use this word, you know, you'll rank higher on Google, but there's no way for you to actually ask and speak to that platform um, and say, you know, why is this trending or why is this word important? So the generative layer that we see with ChatGPT, one of the very powerful ways that it can be used is what we call uh, generative analytics, where the underlying information is true, it's factual, it's coming in real time, but its function in the language model is supposed to be about helping you understand, you know, why should I use this or why should I click this button um, or what does this data actually mean? Uh, and, I, and I think there's... Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of exciting ways that that can be used, not just in journalism, but, you know, even someone who's um, organizing their own business, for instance, because um, there is actually one company uh, in New Zealand called um, Arcanum, uh, based out of Wellington, that's doing a very similar thing uh, with AI-powered intelligent assistance, so like, you know, organizing your zero or financial information, helping you um, understand which emails are important. Um, all of that is about you know, helping you speak to these tools and speak to technology and have it just explain what it's doing, um, have it listen to what you want to do. Uh, it's kind of like a um, an interface of how we would uh, talk to and listen technology um, instead of just, you know, chat GPT uh, being just what it is right now. You are obviously positive about your own product. Are you positive in general about the AI revolution and I guess, what concerns do you have? I am um, very concerned because my uh, post kind of graduate or post master's field of research within responsible artificial intelligence. Uh, we've been, AI has existed for such a long time that a lot of these risks 
and a lot of the concerns have been very apparent um, for many, many years. So, for example, um, under GDPR or the European legislation, it is not legal for, for people to ingest personal data or users' data and classify them. And the reason for that is because, you know, AI models can be prone to biases, they can misclassify people. We've seen the way that they're used in um, autocratic countries where they will, you know, classify people based on um, their act protected attributes. They're used to suppress and, uh, and I guess, uh, harm a lot of communities. And, you know, the scope of that is quite significant. And one of the biggest issues here is that a lot of the conversations around generative AI is focusing around the economic impact that it can have. Um, whereas it feels like if they are addressed or it feels like if there's enough uh, assurances made that we're gonna not talk about the big other side of AI that still has ethical issues and still has a lot of problems around how it can be deployed, especially um, when AI is trying to do harm uh, explicitly, such as like in autonomous weapons or something like that. We're out of time to talk about fixes. Um, we'd love to <laughs> keep an eye out for your product, Emre. What's it called and, and when, when might we see it? We've got 30 seconds to go. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, so we're called guild.agency. Uh, um, we're currently working on a platform um, that is you know, intended for game developers. Probably at the end of this year, we'll release it to the public. Uh, we're doing close kind of testing at the moment. Um, and yeah, so that's it. Um, uh, it's we'll be very closely working with the New Zealand Game Development Association on it. Great, thanks for taking us inside, Imray. Lovely to chat to you.